We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. Coming at you to start the week in which the Knicks will play real basketball games. Uh, smell it. it. Smells so good. <laughs> Inside joke. Um, so very special episode uh, to kick things off this week. Um, as we do. Every year, I think this is the second year, so I could say that we do it every year. Um, we are doing a crossover episode with the folks at Locked On Knicks, uh, Alex and Gavin. We are doing our bold preseason predictions podcast. So uh, what this means for you, listener, is to hear the first half of this episode, do nothing. Just keep listening right now and you will hear uh, the first six of our 12 predictions. And then if you like what you hear and you want to hear the last six, um, which you definitely should go over to uh, the locked on Knicks feed, which uh, they do great work over there and uh, check out the second half with them. Um, I think that's it. I don't think that there's anything else I really need to say. Um, Just a a quick reminder that if uh, you are new to Knicks Film School and and how we do things here. Um, After every Knicks game, we do have a post game live on our YouTube channel. So you could check that out uh, literally as soon as the final buzzer sounds. And if you uh, happen to have other things that you want to do after a Knicks game and not sit in front of the computer, you could check out the audio version of that uh, again after every Knicks game um, on your podcast feed. So uh, all the episodes, podcasts, uh, live streams, and audio form come at you. Just subscribe to Knicks Film School. Um, wherever you get your podcasts. And on that note, without further ado, here is the preseason predictions podcast with myself, 
Jeremy Cohen, Alex Wolf, and Gavin Scholl. Joining us now on the Knicks Film School podcast, some esteemed guests. Oh, wait, I just remember this means Jeremy's going to be introduced last. That's too bad for him. Um, some esteemed guests from, I mean, let's just say it. I mean, you know, our, our fiercest competitors. I can't tell you the things that these people do to take us down from behind the scenes. It's it's shocking. Um, but we love them anyway because they're awesome. And uh, first and foremost, uh, who should we go introduce first? Uh, let's You know what? I always introduce Alex first. Gavin Shaw. How you doing, Gavin? Oh, big win. Uh, great. Great. Thanks for that, John. <laughs> one of the hosts of Locked On Knicks, uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The other one, of course, uh, is my good friend, Alex Wolf. Hello, Alex. Hey, man. Yeah. You know, you mentioned it briefly, but the people are not aware of all the various things that I've tried to do to cancel you guys behind the scenes. It just hasn't worked out yet. But one of these days, uh, something will latch on. It'll, it'll work. There's a review because I got these chartable emails every week and there's a review on there once a week that says this podcast sucks <laughs> and is much worse than locked on Knicks. Yeah. And, you know, there's that's a lie because we get that same review. But the other way, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and last but certainly not least, uh, Jeremy Cohen. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, you know, you actually kind of technically did introduce me first. So I appreciate that by saying that I'm going to go last. Uh, so thanks. And uh, John, you'll be delighted to know that the reason I joined the Strickland in the capacity that I'm in, whatever really could be quantified as is it's uh, I'm a secret agent. So I'm trying to take the Strickland down from the inside. So if Wait, Alex you told me you were, you, down, you told me that you were trying to take Nick's film school down from the inside for the Strickland. What the fuck? I did. What side am I on? No one really knows. <laughs> All the money. There should be a movie that immediately comes to mind about like some spy that's playing both sides. And like, by the end, you don't really know which side they're on, but uh, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, maybe Andrew will help us out before the end of the show. Okay. Um, so we are here to do what is now an annual tradition, um, as you've just heard in the intro. Um, and we're going to make some predictions, but before we make some predictions, Mr. Wolf, I believe you are the uh, what animal doesn't ever forget a camel, elephant, elephant, elephant. <laughs> it's elephant. definitely what does elephant. a camel do? <laughs> does a camel do anything? No, camel doesn't pee for a long time. Hold water, that's maybe that's the skill of yours. Are you holding well. water, Alex? <laughs> uh, not at the moment because um, our arguments didn't hold water, our bold predictions, no, they did not. All right, <laughs> no, they didn't. So, I'm gonna give last year's bold predictions, these are. Really terrible. I think I scored the worst. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm fine with admitting that, but these are, these are bad. Uh, I'll just go over them in order here. So Macri, your th three predictions from last year, Dennis Smith jr. Starts opening night and is actually good. Uh, number two, Emmanuel quickly is in the top six in minutes played by the end of the year. Missed that's it actually, by 12 minutes. 12. Yeah, that's, that's not too bad. That's not too no. bad. And number three, one of RJ or Mitch will be dealt before opening night next year. You've still got technically like three days before this is. Uh, <laughs> I think I said. So. I think I said Ob, Mitch or RJ. I think those are the three. You literally wrote one of RJ or Mitch. So oh, did I? okay, <laughs> I can see it right here. I just I mean, try to get myself you can add Obi. It's still going to look worse. <laughs> it's but. still going to look bad. They're not trading any of them. <laughs> okay, next. All right, next is me. This is just terrible. Uh, Frank Nilakina becomes the first Knicks draft pick extended and or re-signed since Charlie Ward. Womp womp. <laughs> Kevin Knox finally treated as a four, not only finds himself a better offensive role, but also proves to be an above average defender at the four spot. 
Womp womp. And three, Iggy Brazdakis comes out of nowhere and becomes a rotation player. My <laughs> favorite. <was> <laughs> I mean, terrible. he was a rotation player in, in the bubble, wasn't he? In the G League bubble? Yeah, he, he was, was a rotation player the for the for the Magic to end yeah. the season as they were tanking. So maybe I wasn't technically wrong. It just wasn't for the Knicks. I didn't specify. All right. Next, we have Gavin's takes here. Uh, one. RJ hits the following statistical benchmarks, 35 minutes a game. That actually good. 20 points per game, close five rebounds, four assists. That's actually not too far off all told. I'll call that a win. Yeah, that, that's pretty close. Take it. Uh, two, Frank, another Frank one. Frank Nilakina oh. averages at least 15 minutes per game for a playoff team this year, not the Knicks. Also not true. Uh, and You're too early. You're too early. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it'll be for the Mavericks this year. Uh, and then number three, maybe this one's a year too early too. Miles Powell is a rotation player by the end of the year and puts up at least one game with 25 plus points. You know, I could explain that one. I just didn't know how to pronounce Emmanuel Quickly's name yet. So that was, that was that. <laughs> so you just went with Miles Powell. I, that's just how I, uh, that's how other people said it. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. It's a hard spelling. All right. And then Jeremy, Jeremy, I think, I think you probably, I'm going to say that you arguably won just based off the one, I don't know. It's you or Gavin. I think definitely won this thing. Um, if we're picking a winner or a loser here, number one, Randall will rank second in minutes played by the trade deadline. And I think he was actually first. And that was actually pretty spicy at the time. I was like reminiscing when we, when we were doing this list, like, we were, we were like, no, Randall's going to get traded like two weeks into the season because nobody knew that he was going to be that good yet. So that that's actually pretty good. Uh, two, then it just all goes down. <laughs> uh, drop. I was about to say, how did Jeremy win this with these next two? Come well, then on. the next two, yeah. Then the next two are pretty atrocious. <laughs> Number two, the Knicks will trade at least, at least six players currently on the roster at some point this season. I mean, they Yikes. did trade two. I, they, they traded, traded three. Two. Three. Dacus, Austin Rose. Oh, I forgot about it. And, it and the, th- the whole... Th- thought process at the time, I just want to say, was that we all thought the Knicks were going to be so bad that they would be sellers. And they yeah. did, they became buyers with Derrick Rose and yeah. then did nothing. And then the last one, three, the Knicks will acquire a star at the deadline. That did not happen. <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> it's also the... Well, Derrick you know, Rose is the star in his role. I was about to I, say, he was the best player in the playoffs yeah. for the team. So, you know what? I stand corrected. Jeremy, you win. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Congratulations. I'd like to thank um, as also always. thank you, Andrew Claudio, for reminding me that Hunt for Red October is the uh, movie that I'm probably looking for in terms of playing both Double sides. agents. Double <laughs> agents. So <laughs> congratulations, Mr. Cohen. Hey, it fits uh, the Hunt for Red Hair October. Jeremy Cohen. <laughs> All right, let's just end this crossover now. We'll, we'll just do our own separate pod. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, uh, so we uh, did not think of an order uh, to go in, in terms of who's going to go first with the predictions. So I'm just going to go first because I'm currently speaking. Um, all right. I, I'm going to try to, I think all of us are probably going to try to go for, for least, least spicy to, to spiciest. Is that, is that the, the gist of this? Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm actually not sure. Sh- I'm not sure which of my three is the spiciest. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with the one I'm certainly most confident in. And I think should be a given, but I'm curious what you guys think about it, um, which is that Kemba Walker is going to average a career low in minutes per game. So his previous career low, 27.2 minutes, which he averaged as a rookie. I, I was thinking of making this even a little spicier by saying Kemba Walker is going to average less minutes than Derek Rose. Um, which I 
kind of think I, I, I think I think is going to happen. Um, in short, I wanted to throw something in here about Kemba because I do think that um, I think Tibbs is, is going to have some trepidation playing him at times because of the defense. Um, and if, as we know, Tom Thibodeau uh, is, is want to do uh, Tibbs is going to try to win every second of every minute of every game. Um, if Derek Rose is like suddenly pulling up from 23, 24, 25, 26 feet, which like Christ, he's hitting, he had 57% from three in the preseason. Obviously there's a little small sample size theater there, but uh, I just wonder if Tibbs is going to be like, I'm, I'm better with Derek Rose on the floor than I am with Kemba Walker. Um, I, I'm curious what you guys think. Mm, I mean, I'll take that first. I mean, I think, I don't know. I still think that's pretty spicy. I, I think Kemba had sort of a meh preseason, but that's fair. again, it's small sample size. You know what I mean? And I think they were also, I think they were going out of their way to rest Kemba and weirdly enough, not going out of their way to rest Rose. Yeah, that was in the, pre, in the preseason. Um, even though they're both, I mean, they're basically the same age and and have the same general set of problems with their body. Maladies, um, yes, <laughs> both have bulky knees. I, I don't know. I I mean, maybe maybe that comes to fruition. I think what would be more likely to happen is that you start seeing uh, Kemba and Rose both close games uh, more often oh. than maybe we think. I mean that that's my best guess. As, as to how okay. that's going to shake down. If Tibbs thinks like Rose gives me the best chance to win, I think that he might be like, okay, well, if RJ or Fournier isn't having a great game, then we're going to sit one of them down. And I mean, he, it pissed a lot of people off, but he took plenty of opportunities to sit RJ down last year. So, sure, you know, down the stretch of games, especially down the stretch of the season. So I don't know. That's more how I see that going. Like, I actually think just picking anybody under Tibbs to have their career low in minutes per game is pretty... Probably pretty fraud. risky, particularly for a starter. So <laughs> that's that's fair. I, uh, I don't know. I, I see him more around like 30 minutes a game. But okay. yeah, I think I mean I think that's pretty spicy. So I guess we'll we'll see how that ends up playing out. Uh Gavin, you got any thoughts? Um, I, I like it. I think the one difference between Kemba and Rose is that Kemba has the more acute current issue to manage with that knee. And it's been so significant the last couple of years while Rose, I mean, obviously had, had COVID last year, but outside of that was relatively healthy in relatively good shape. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm with it. I think Kemba will be sort of a, I, I think they're really going to try to save him for the playoffs as much as possible. And I think there's like, that's the one position where Tibbs is so much faith in the backup that that is like feasible that he could do that. Mm. Mr. Um, Cohen. I'm with Alex. If this is your least spicy take, then we're in for quite the ride, my friend. <laughs> wow. It's the sort of thing where I think that Tibbs is just going to play Kemba quite a lot. And then there could be games where maybe it's sort of the, the quantity of minutes might increase, but the quantity of games, maybe it tapers off just a little bit. Um, I like just looking at the press conference, the, the introduction of uh, Kemba and Fournier and when everyone's laughing about like, oh, he'll play and Tibbs is dead serious. And it's like, no, it's, it's I'm not, hilarious. I'm not and, and he's yeah. like, no, 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 this, this is really what's going to happen. So I, I know, I, I think that as good as Derek Rose has been this preseason and he was last year. Uh, and again, this is just preseason. So small sample size theater, as you said, I just think that Kemba's the starting point guard 
and they're going to play him closer to 30 minutes per game than not. And I just feel like Tibbs' track record indicates that as such. Um, it just, and I'll have a take that's also kind of in the moment as well, but this feels like one that's more uh, frozen in time where I think he'll just wind up playing closer to 30 minutes a game. What Alex said, uh, what you said is fascinating about the possibility of them closing games together, because I think there's certain, I don't even think it's a, it's much of an argument that Kemba and Rose are two of their five best offensive players. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, it's just a matter of who else is out there. What are you, are you sacrificing anything on the defensive end? Maybe it's matchup specific. If you're playing a team that's going extra small, um, but that'll be, that'll be worth watching. Um, all right, Alex, you want to take it away. Yeah, it should be noted too. We got a little glimpse of that the other day as well. The yes. the uh, Rose and Kemba. I think that was the first time that he deployed that, right? I think so too. Yeah, I don't think he deployed that in the first game. A lot of a lot of firsts in that final preseason game. Yeah. Um, all right, so mine is it's kind of a weird one. I don't know. I don't know why this just came to my head, but like I was like this this feels kind of like it's kind of almost unprecedented, but I think it's going to happen, and I'll explain why. I think the Knicks will have representation in every all-star weekend event. So I, my prediction for this is that Julius and possibly Kemba will be all-stars. Uh, IQ and Obi will make rising stars, which I guess is no guarantee. Cause didn't, didn't neither of them make rising stars last year or they, or did they just not do rising star or they, they, did, they only they, named the rosters, right? They didn't do rising stars. The one that I was super pissed off about at the time, because I'm, just a weird guy like that was that Mitch was left off uh, two years ago. Right. Yeah. yeah. But didn't they, didn't they name rosters last year for rising stars? They just didn't play the game or something like that. Or am I, name, am I crazy? No, you're, you're right. But they also yeah. didn't name quickly to it because they split it up by us and Canada. And yeah. so for the U S quickly, U S and international, like the next yeah. guard. That's right. U S and international yeah. left off. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, Sorry, I think I, US and international. I, I think IQ and o, just the Canada team. That would be a just, yeah. <laughs> Forget the rest of the world. It's the U.S. Just and Canada. The, it's and Canada the versus the rest of the world. That's what they exactly. Do. Only only rookies and softs from Canada on yep. one team. It would be like three players. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, I think IQ and Obi will make rising stars. I think Obi gets another chance in the dunk contest because the thing with that is like, I feel like when the NBA gets players that do want to do that a second time, they let them do it. And I think that Obi loves dunking so much that he'll definitely do it. And also he got robbed last year, so he should definitely go back in. Uh, RJ will make the three point contest, which I think that's probably the spiciest one out of all these. Uh, Cause that would mean that like the league at large has to finally like acknowledge that he's a really good shooter. But I think if he's shooting like 41% or something from three, at the time of the all-star game, he'll, he'll get an invite to that competition. I don't think that's much of a, much of a debate. Uh, and then Kemba and or Randall will be in the skills competition because Randall was in it uh, last year, if I recall. Um, and then Julius will, if they even do this anymore, that, what did they call that yeah. thing with like all the older, like, they I think do, it's like, called, I think you got it right. I think it's called shooting, it's shooting stars. stars. Yeah. The thing with like the older player, the WNBA player <laughs> and the NBA player, he, he would lead that team. And like, if they do that, they'll definitely have a Knicks representation because it's so easy because like the Knicks will just volunteer like Spree well or something to do it with them and it'll it'll all be good. I just saw Spree was at like some like charity game or something the other day. So, you know, clearly he's he's got the itch right now. Uh, but yeah, that's it. And my, my rationale for all this is I think that contrary to all the stuff that we heard, you know, a couple years ago when the Nets signed Durant and whatever, like 
about, oh, well, this is like finally the time where the Knicks like get out of the spotlight in the NBA, blah, blah, blah. Like, obviously, the Knicks are good now and they're very popular and the league will want to put them front and center a lot. So if they get the opportunity to, they'll have a Nick in every single event this year. That's this is a great take. I think all of this comes true. Just really that's my two cents. Yeah. Wow. So so not very bold then. You would say you would say low level spice here. It, it's just really well thought out. And I yeah. think you're I I see the the rationale for every one of them. So yeah. Yeah, I like it. I I, I think three arguing the three point contest is, is the biggest stretch for me. But he seems like I feel like they try to fit in a guy every year who's not like just like a, or wasn't previously a preeminent three point shooter, like made a big jump. So I could I could see him fitting that category. I think it looks good. The only thing is, I don't think Kemba's going to make the all-star team. I think he'll well, have a I, great season. I, I did put him as a maybe. I mean, okay. oh, yeah. I, a lot I think of, it'll a lot be of Randall times, in the skills competition. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times the all-star game becomes sort of a, like a mix between an old boys club and a popularity contest, even mm-hmm. amongst the coach voting. Like you see a lot of people make it just on name brand recognition that maybe shouldn't have necessarily made it. And so like, I feel like if Kemba is averaging like 20 points per game and the Knicks are like, let's say the Knicks enter the all-star break, like the fourth seed in the East or something. Like, I think there's a decent chance that he might make it just on, just on like, like there might be, there would definitely be a couple people that get snubbed that people would be like, why the hell did Kemba Walker make it over so-and-so? But yeah. the answer would just be like, because New York, because four seed, because he's having a way better year than last year and he's played, 90% of all available games. So that's why. And he's a five-time all-star. So we want to get our starring attractions out there. Um, so I think he'll be with the skills competition and maybe not the all-star team. Yeah. yeah but it'd yeah. be kind of the cover. Would yeah. he hey. give up a weekend off or essentially, I mean, several, because he, you know, you need to go a few days ahead of time probably. And then like, if you're, I mean, if you're Walker, just doing the skills competition, I feel like you could just show up the day of. Like, Maybe, yeah. It's not like Guys, you have to practice. This is, this is tampering season. Of course, you have yeah. to be there. This is yeah. I mean, that's the other you, thing too. You hubbub. You do all these things where it's like if you have you hubbub guys. Yeah, yeah you know the, the hubbub going on. That, that you can use it as a verb. I just did. So there you go. I, Basically, if you have what we're it. saying is like five players all at All Star Weekend, then you're going to try to network. You're going to try to get your things across and uh, figure out a way to to really just you know hubbub. So yeah, you gotta be hubbubbing around, you know? Yeah. You know what? I, I was going to say you should predict next, but hubbub knocked you down the totem pole. Gavin, you want to, you want to go? Yeah. I, I'll, I'll take full advantage of the hubbub club. Um, all right. A year <laughs> after finishing 23rd in um, points per hundred possessions, the New York Knicks will finish with one of the top seven offenses in the NBA per hundred possessions. And that I think is a little bold, but not really the bold part is I will say they will do so while featuring five players averaging at least 15 points per game. Now, if you put a gun to my head, my, my realistic, like my over under on that would probably be 3.5. And I would lean four with, with the obvious guys, the core four, uh, Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett, Julius Randall. Um, there's a number of candidates for the fifth. I think Derek Rose is up there. I think 
Emmanuel quickly if there was um, an injury at any point in the year that was significant to Kemba or Derrick Rose. Um, he could cer- he'd certainly be capable of doing that. But the guy I'm predicting is Mitchell Robinson. And that's this is more of like an all wow. on Mitchell wow. Robinson jump this year. And, and this is something um, uh, Claudio could, could chime in here because we were kind of talking about this when he came on our pod to preview Mitch's season. And, and he was saying, yeah, you know, I just like, I mean, the, the whole thing with Mitch is like, he could, he could make strides and he could make a step forward. And in, in terms of his ability to create with like, just like one or two dribbles and like rip through and get by a guy, but is he just going to get all that many opportunities in this offense? And I would lean probably not, but I think if he is a 270 pound freak of an athlete around the rim with four great shooters, like we've seen similar types of players like Clint Capella, have 20 point scoring seasons. Maybe Capella at this point has more skill than Mitchell Robinson currently does, but early in his career on those Rockets teams, I don't really think that was the case. And I think Mitch just off of lobs and putbacks can sort of walk his way into 12 points every night. So if there's just a little bit more there that we don't know about yet, or, or if he just occasionally like is able to just like back a guy down, pivot, get in a little jump hook, which again, who knows if that's part of his game. Um, I think there's there's a world where he gets there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna say five different guys averaging 15 points per game. And I think I mean you, I'll let you guys comment on the general offensive ranking. But given what we've seen in preseason, where let me double check my notes here, the Knicks were second, second yeah. possessions at 113.4. Um, that I mean it is it is preseason, but that doesn't seem totally insane to me. And I just think I think people outside of no, no one on the Zoom call, but people outside of uh, Knicks fandom, Knicks Twitter, I think underestimate just how high of a ceiling this offense has. Can, can I wait? I, I may have missed it before. Did you say, cause you said Mitch. So that means you ha- don't have one of Fournier Rose or Walker. Which oh one? no, no. So I said, I said five, not four. That was the, yeah, no. So you have Julius, RJ, Mitch, and who are the other two? Oh, Fournier and Kemba. See, this is interesting. Cause I, I would put Rose as probably my, I actually might say Rose is my third most likely to average 15 oh, or more there points. You go. Well, I, anyway, I get there. I'm, I'm okay with it. But. Um, my, my, I, first of all, I, I, I love the take, but I, man, that's a big, I'm not sure which I think is spicier, the seventh or higher part or the, the five guys over 15, just because five guys over 15, that's at least, that's at least 75 points. Yeah, and too much balance for that. That's the counter argument. And, and you figure Randall's probably going to be over 20, maybe RJ's closer to 20. So really you're talking about five guys averaging like 85 points. And if, I mean, so that means you're saying the other five guys in the rotation are going to combine for 30, 20, 25. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know if it's holding up to scrutiny though. <laughs> but, that's uh, the, that's, I think that's the part of it that I'm having yeah. a, a little bit of difficulty with. I, I like to take, it's a fun take. I, yeah. I, I would say top 12 offense. Okay. Top 10 offense. You're pushing it. Top seven, man. That's, that's bold. That's, that's I just, pretty, I, I just have a hard time. Like the only thing with the Mitch thing, if this, if, if the Knicks offense looked any different than it does so far, I would say maybe that, that holds a little more water, but the Mitch thing is like, so if, if it's basically the whole starting five is averaging 15 a game, that assumes that Tibbs will not be doing platoon swaps. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just assuming like that the bench is going to suck ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like bench would be terrible then. Because yeah, like Macri said, if, if it's the five starters, if let's say they average 85, then if the whole bench only averages 30, that means well, like, yeah. You know, here's why this take could come true. Sorry, I, Jeremy, I want to 
I'm, I'm just pushing Jeremy to the side, left and right. This episode, what kind, <laughs> what kind of a friend? Am, what kind of a co-host am I? No, but here's here's why you might be right. We're we're factoring. We're thinking about this in terms of games where everybody plays. The more likely scenario is that there are games where somebody sits out here, somebody sits out there, yeah, and you're yeah. and you're and you're catching up that way. Um, yeah. Yes, Mr. Mr. Cohen. Have you guys ever seen What Up with That on SNL? Maybe once. I, I don't know if I All have. Right. Well, um, they, there's this part of it where they have Lindsay Buckingham who's there, and every time they're going to get to Lindsay Buckingham, they run out of time, and, and then they they wrap up the sketch. <laughs> Feeling like Lindsay Buckingham right now, John. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I I love the boldness to it. I think that Mitch is the one player where I just don't see him getting to 15 because of the usage. I think he can clean up on the glass certainly, but I just I think that based on how he'll be used, it'll be more for the offensive rebounding and for setting screens and doing more of the dirty work. And I, I do think there's going to be more balance. So I, when even Gavin, when you said five and then said over under the first thought that came in my mind was like, Gavin said it to three and a half and you did. So we're certainly in sync with that, but I do think it would kind of be distributed more towards the bench in terms of the scoring too, because like Alex is saying, it's, you're probably going to have, you know, a little bit more of five on five off. I mean, it won't be quite that way. There will be some sort of overlap, but just to that point, I think it would mean that you have one of the best, if not maybe the best starting lineup in the NBA, and then subsequently arguably one of the worst benches in the NBA. And I just, you gotta, at least I think you have to flip it a little bit. So I picked Derek Rose for um, the six man of the year award candidate for something we did. So I'm going to stick with that. And if that's the case, I think he's the one who's going to get the, the 15 points per game. If there have to be five players. Yeah, that's totally fair. I think I'm more like locked in on like, there could be five guys versus like, I know exactly who they are. Yeah. I, mean, I think, I think I would have Rose as the fifth as well. If there is going to be five guys to do it mostly just because there's only like, I think Mitch will be capable of scoring 15 points on any given night. And what's nice is that pretty much every player one to 10 that figures to be in the 10 man rotation. You can say that about other than maybe New Orleans Noel, uh, yeah. that you feel confident that they could score 10 points on any or 15 points on any given night. But I, I just think that thanks to shot distribution and how the offense will work out and everything like Mitchell, Mitchell have a lot of nights where he ends up with just eight points or whatever, but it won't be a bad thing because you know, it's just like, Oh, well we didn't have to dump it off to Mitch too much because like, everybody was bombing from three that night. And so, you know, you just kind of use the gravity rather than the actual, the actual lob ability is, is kind of my thought there. Yeah. Good call. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Jeremy, you're up. Are you sure you, you don't want to just go into the next round? John, you can just go ahead. No, I think Josh should just go with his next one. We can I agree. We'll push Jer- Jeremy, you just can go at the end. It's fine. Yeah. We, we, we may edit this out in post. I mean, and not, not this banter, this your prediction. That's, <laughs> that's fair. I would expect nothing less. Um, so similar to Gavin, I'm going to also focus on the offense. And I think that the Knicks will rank. I almost said number one, but I, I then revised it a little bit to top five. So I think the Knicks will be top five in their assist to turnover ratio, and that will help them get um, a top 12 offense. So the the Knicks actually finished first in a very limited sample size of preseason in assist to turnover ratio. Last year, they were sixth in turnovers committed, and they were 29th in assists. So the turnovers, I mean, the Knicks take care of the ball really well. It's just a question of will the assists come? And considering how their shot di- their, their shot diet has become much more three-point friendly, and they have three-point shooters and guys who can just space the floor in general, that will lead to more points and more ball movement will then lead to more assists, which then will skyrocket the assist to turnover ratio up even higher, thus leading to the Knicks advancing up the boards. And I think that, you know, basically uh, doubling there, I mean, that's not really how the math would work, but going from 23rd to 12 in, in that type of a, a stretch, or at least 12, I think that is feasible when you consider what's out there and how balanced the lineups are. So I feel like this is my least spicy of the takes, but um, maybe I'm just too high on the offense because they haven't had a ton of time, but even still like, when you, I still think that replacing Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock, no matter what happens, is going to be the best thing for this team offensively. We can talk about the defense. I still don't think it's going to be this precipitous drop, but even still, offensively speaking, I I think the Knicks are going to be very close to uh, a top ten offensive team, but probably just missing the cut. 
something I was thinking about watching the other night is um, against their last preseason game against the Wizards is that, well, I don't think the team, because I mean, I don't know that really any teams are immune to this. A few teams probably. I don't think they're immune to those stretches where they have difficulty putting the ball on the floor. I mean, or putting the ball in the basket the first quarter or like was very ugly. Um, but I think where they're going to pick up the slack and why I think this has a really good chance of coming true is they're more, they're better suited now to go on those stretches where they score like they did in the fourth quarter against Washington, 30 points in a, you know, a seven minute span or something like that's not something I think they really, I mean, I'm sure they did it a few times last year, but it certainly seems like they're much more well-suited to, to go on those uh, extended spurts now than they were. Um, so it's like, yeah, I think got a, I think you had a good shot at this. Yeah. I'll say, I think they have a, a pretty good shot at this too. I don't, I don't think this is too crazy because you, you know what that, so my first thought when you said that was, Oh, this reminds me of 12, 13. I just looked it up though. Like 12, 13 was actually dead last in the NBA in assists per game. <laughs> Can you believe that? 12-13? I mean, J.R. Smith, Car- Carmelo, Isla, yeah. ISO. I guess it's mostly yeah. the Carmelo ISOing, but they were dead yeah. last in assists. But they were number one in, in turnovers per game as well. So I was thinking maybe their ratio was a little better, but they didn't even quite hit two to one. Um, they were like 1.75 to one. So, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see the Knicks finishing that way because they have, I mean, they built this team specifically to have lots of smart veterans and guys that move the ball and we've seen during preseason. I mean, they're, they're, let's see, they're, they're kind of like cavalier with how they move the ball. Like <laughs> they, they, they almost over moved it a little bit during the preseason, but they weren't well, being said as much that, that, yeah. that oh, Fournier and Kemba were being a little too unselfish, which is exactly. And so was RJ at times and Rose, like there were those two games where there was the one game where Rose couldn't really hit any shots and the other game where RJ couldn't. And they both just kind of, at a certain point decided like, eh, we'll just pass the ball now. <laughs> yeah. And they were trying to force in passes that had no business being forced that they probably won't try to force during the regular season. If I had to guess. Um, and, and that just kind of speaks to this team. I mean, they're, they're, they're willing ball movers, but they're not idiots about it. Like they're not assist hunting, you know, they're not doing the Rajon Rondo sort of thing where you're, <laughs> no. you're strictly trying to get an assist on a play. Like they're just like, I know I can shoot, but if I don't have a shot, then I'm perfectly happy passing it. I, I think that it's totally reasonable to think that they might end up uh, end up near the top of the league in assist turnover ratio. Like, cause mostly, mostly because they might not end up being the number one assist team. Cause you're still going to go to Julius to, to ISO a decent amount. They might not end up the number one, you know, turnover team, uh, as far as the least amount, because they're trying to push the pace a lot and that leads to some more errors. But I think that the, the combination of the two, they'll end up being the best in the league. If I, or, or one of the best in the league, I, I don't think that's too unreasonable. Gavin, yeah. what, what do you think though? Um, no, I think, I think that's a, that's a reasonable take. Um, I would, um, I think the only thing I would say about it is I'm sort of worried about how much time Emmanuel quickly ultimately gets at point guard. And I do have another bold prediction that says he's going to get a lot of assists, but I could also see like a scenario where like Rose or Kemba misses like real time this year. Like we're talking like 40 games or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then quickly, I think struggles a bit playing like a more significant role. And I I think ultimately, like I've, I've talked about this a decent amount on our pod, but I, I think, 
what like Rose will get minutes with the starters in different games and different stretches, depending on how Fournier and RJ are doing. And obviously depending on if they're healthy. And I think if quickly goes into that role again, it could be a scenario where they pile up a little bit more um, in the turnover department, but yeah, I'm, I, I think it's, I think it's perfectly reasonable. Um, yeah. Okay. So four down eight to go. Um, I guess it's me again. So I'm going to go, uh, away from the point guard position, uh, to the center position. And I am going to do a 180 because Jeremy, correct. Have I, I don't think I've, I've been, would you say I've been lukewarm on the possibility of a Mitch extension? Is that fair to say? So, yeah, yeah, it's probably, um, I'm going to flip. Um, I'm flip-flopping. Uh, what was it? Swift, Swift boat. Was that the, a controversy at one point in time in American history? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's what good. is this? Fli- Swift, <laughs> Swift boat country where there wasn't it like John Kerry, like flip-flopped or something. I don't something. remember that. Uh, <laughs> this yeah. is, I know I'm not completely. Anyway, I, <laughs> I, the 2004 I, elections a little hazy for me It's a little as, as, as it is for all of us. Okay. I think they're going to extend Mitch. Um, I don't know if they're going to extend Mitch today, tomorrow, next week, but part of why I feel somewhat comfortable making this prediction is because they could do it at any point in time up until, um, uh, free agency begins, including like on the eve of free agency, should they, should they so desire. Um, and I think the, the reason I think this is because, well, a couple of things, one, um, it seems like Mitch really did put in the work. Um, you don't, you don't gain, I mean, it's like everybody at this time of year, like it's the joke, like, Oh yeah, 15 pounds of muscle. Well, Mitch, it's, I mean, you can't, can't fake what he clearly looks like. He, he put on a lot of weight and it seems like good weight. Um, Tibbs, a friend of both of our parts, Mark uh, Berman had a a snippet in his Sunday column, which is that at one point in time, Thibodeau had a little bit of, I guess, uh, trepidation over uh, Mitch's, um, you know, his approach and like, you know, how seriously he took this stuff. But that that has, I think, started to change. And Thibodeau kind of implicitly admitted to having doubts at one point because he said in the postgame press the other night that like, Mitch has come a long way in terms of how, you know, his approach and, and how seriously he takes the stuff. So if you, if you come a long way, that means at one point you were maybe a little bit lower in that, in that area. Um, all this is to say that I think all along it has been the Knicks that have been hesitant as opposed to, as we may have suspected at one point in time, Mitch's camp being like, no way we're accepting the most you can give us right now, which is whatever it is four for 50 something. Um, and I think maybe the Knicks will have enough trust in Mitchell Robinson and uh, maybe they can get creative with the contract. Maybe they, it's not four fully guaranteed years. Maybe it's a little less. We'll see. Um, you know, and that's a lot of money for a guy that's made whatever he's made so far in his NBA career, $6 million. Um, so yeah, I, I think they extend them. I don't know when, but I, I think they extend them. Jeremy, Alex, what do you think? Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think that's, I, I like, if I was a betting man, I would say, I think the only reason they haven't extended him yet is because they want to see for sure how he holds up, you know, health wise and yeah. yeah, with the foot, you know, see how he comes back. And I mean, if the other day was any indication, I think he's going to be fine, dude. He looks yeah. way better than I thought he would <laughs> he looks really good. It, like for a guy that was playing his first basketball in eight months that, I mean, if I had to guess, he probably only got to start like really running like maybe a month ago, you know, like it, because 
they didn't, I'm sure that they didn't want to do anything to tax that foot. Clearly he's been working his legs though, somehow or another, because his legs are freaking tree trunks now, but like, you know, he, he put on muscle all over his body. Um, but I think that they want to see how he looks, make sure he doesn't look like a shell of himself, make sure that this new muscle mass is working, make sure that he's healthy the first and foremost. Um, and I think that's it. I, I don't think they're going to have any reservations about signing him to an extension uh, once they see those things. Cause I mean, if, if it wasn't obvious enough the other night, like Tibbs is very excited to play him a lot of minutes, um, you know, even with Taj fouling out or whatever, you know, in the preseason game, like Tibbs, Tibbs loves Mitch. He loved him last year. He's going to love him this year. He's exactly the type of player that Tibbs loves at that spot. And, you know, Tibbs surely will be like, campaigning to to have him uh get extended so that's yeah that's my my general thought i i think i don't i don't think this is, i mean it's spicy because who knows he would also be the first i think he'd be the first first or second rounder to get extended by the knicks like since charlie ward right i uh, know it's i'm pretty sure a second rounder oh my god i should know this there's i i feel like there's definitely been a second rounder that was extended but now yeah, I, I was think trying to who. think about that too. And now I, I don't know who it is. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll look it up. Well, uh, Jeremy, you have a, you have a thought on this one? Yeah, no, I think this will be an evergreen take. I think this is a really good one. I, you know, we're sort of seeing the market also shape itself. Wendell Carter jr. Getting four years and $50 million. Yeah. Good call. I think the perfect example. And, you know, as Knicks fans, I think really any fans, it's very possible that we can overrate our players just a little bit which is fine. It makes sense. It's, it's the homerism in us. It's not to say Mitch is overrated. It's just, we might overrate him a bit. And I think that around that, you know, to be transparent, the most Mitch can make right now until the free agency starts next year is four years, about $51 million. So Wendell Carter Jr. Getting four years, 50 million. Wendell Carter Jr. has only played like 20 fewer games than Mitch has. So again, Mitch, I don't think is injury uh, plagued or, or uh, injury prone, excuse me. I think he's just gotten some bad breaks and there's been this mindset of, oh, he's always injured. He's not. It was just last season and uh, recent memory. But the thing with Mitch that I would love to see, because I agree, the, the best thing for the Knicks in general is to extend him. And uh, Vivek uh, on Twitter made a great point how the Knicks have also been hiring some Wasserman clients like uh, mm-hmm. Samanich and Brandon Knight. And there's one other player that I can't remember. I don't know if it was Selden, uh, but it, someone that they brought in at least where it makes sense where the Knicks are kind of doing this where. Uh, yeah. the night was the one I think you're thinking of. Yeah. So yeah. the thing as well as Mitchell Robinson is more valuable to the Knicks on a long-term deal anyway, because I'm not saying trade Mitch. I'd like to keep Mitch here. I think he's going to be far better than he has been uh, and can continue to be that way. But just in general, like, Right now, if you had to flip Mitch, which they're not going to do, and I wouldn't want them to do, his salary is so small, it's not going to really matter much. But what you can do if you're the Knicks, especially is if you give him this four-year, $51 million deal, structure it in a way where it's sort of like the um, the Robert, Robert Williams contract, where you're having unlikely bonuses. So it actually brings the cap hit down a bit, right? So the most you can do for that is 15%. So give him the four-year, $51 million max that he can earn but then change it. So a little bit of that is unlikely bonus. So it doesn't count towards the cap. So win-win for everyone. You keep Mitch. He's not making a ton. Um, he could still make that money back. It's just, uh, it would be perfect. So I think that that's a really great prediction, John. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with it as well. Because what is the track record of the Knicks front office the last two years? It's bringing everyone back, right? It's maintain the continuity, maintain what you've been building. And I think Mitch will, I think he started proving himself to be an integral part of that last season. And I think we will get, again, I'm, I'm all in on the Mitchell Robinson jump. So I think we're going to get pretty stark confirmation this season that he is a core piece of this team. Everything we know about Tibbs is that he wants 48 minutes of great rim protection. You are probably not going to find another Mitchell Robinson in free agency at anything close to the same price. Jericho Sims is not that guy. He's, he's probably like the best case scenarios in three years is 80% of that guy. It, it, I think people underestimate how much of what he brings is absolutely essential to New York, especially considering that Taj Gibson, who obviously is not that rim protector, but makes up for another ways by filling different gaps defensively that Mitch necess- wouldn't necessarily do um, is well, seemingly never aging. Uh, will at some point. Age. So I think, I, I think Mitch is a little more integral than some people think given that from the outside looking in, it seems like the Knicks have handled this kind of cavalierly and are sort of like, ah, if he plays well, maybe I, I think, I think they're sort of just biding their time, holding their bullets and Mitch will eventually be a Nick long term, at least. Uh, but I said similar stuff about Frank a year ago. So who knows? Yeah. Alex, you know who I was thinking of that was hanging me up. I think you're right about no first or second round picks, but I think I was thrown because um, there is a Nick rookie who did extend recently. Uh, one Ronald Baker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, and he was undrafted. So yeah, he was undrafted, Go figure. Yeah. The Knicks can take care of the undrafted guys, but not the, not the first or second round picks. No. Although I guess he was sort of like an honorary 59th overall pick kind of, sure. um, he was one of those, like they signed him like within like five minutes of the draft ending, didn't they? Oh, and, Tri- and Trier also signed. Yeah. Uh, technically signed a contract extension. Yeah. Yeah. Would you call it an extension? They converted his deal. Like fair. That's they, true. They used yeah. what money they had to convert yeah. his deal, which was the room, the room exception that year. I think, I think didn't they give him the biannual or maybe, maybe the biannual. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wh- whatever it was, they gave him one of the exceptions after converting his two way because they used up all of his service time, which by the way, that's never going to be an issue again. If they don't push the, the rules back to what they used to be like the two way rules are a joke this year. <laughs> like there's well, same as last year too, but like now players can play like 50 games. Now it used to be like, 40 days of service time, which like included like practices and everything else. Now it's like, you could literally play 50 games as a two-way player. So I feel like we're not going to see as many two-way guys get converted anymore. No, if that's the case. Um, um, you're up Alex. Yeah. I was about to say, I can just uh, smoothly transition into my next one here. I'm actually going to, so I wrote these out in one, two, three order. I actually think my number two is the spiciest one. So I'm going to go with the third one. Um, my second prediction uh, also, I didn't want to keep it too Mitch centric because my my last one will be Mitch centric. Uh, my third one, which I'm now making my second, is Kemba averages a career high in assists per game with six and a half, and his previous career high is six point one. I think he did that. I looked it up earlier. I didn't write it down. I think he did that in his third season. So it's been quite some time since he averaged that many assists. Uh, I think he's going to get six and a half this year. I just don't know if he's going to play enough minutes that as, as, as heard on my first prediction, that would be my one trepidation. If you gave me a per 36 um, career high that I would definitely be on board with more, but I, I would have a little bit of doubt just because of the how many minutes is it going to play? Gavin, what do you think? Yeah, I think, I think Kemba will ultimately uh, get up to 
right around there, maybe even like, I don't think seven is, is crazy. Honestly, like there's just, wow. Seven's, yeah. You think he's, you really guys really think he's going to play enough. I would seven assists a game. Man. I'm like, yeah, I guess is I guess it, it contradicts my earlier take that it was, um it was unlikely that they were going to really burst his minutes up, but I don't, I don't know. I just think last year, like we kind of saw it, like there's, there's so much room in this Knicks offense for someone who could break down a defense like that guy just didn't exist. And obviously now they have Fournier, you've Rosen quickly on the bench. Like there are more options, but I still think in the starting lineup, like that is like such a necessity. And I think there's going to be such a big emphasis on reducing Randall's playmaking capacity. And there's just enough shooting there that I, I don't think it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, oh, sorry, sorry I'm going to throw it to Jeremy, but I was just going to say, I think Macri based off what you're saying with the minutes, I don't know if it necessarily matters like, so even if he plays a relatively small amount of minutes, let's say it's, uh, let's even say it was what you were thinking, right? Like you said, under 27.4. So let's say it's like 27 on the yeah. nose. If he spends sure. many of those minutes more looking to play make than to shoot, then I don't think it's unreasonable that maybe he averages like a, a low amount of points for him, like 17 or something but averages like seven assists. You know what I mean? I mean like his career high, his career high in assists for 36 minutes is 6.2. And he's been, I got it. It's eerily consistent. His entire career. He's been, again, this is per 36 minutes. He's been between 5.3 and 6.2. So he has always been for nine, 10 years now mm-hmm. um, within a range, like a very, very small range of like within one assist, like the range is one assist per again, per 36. So my counter to that is look at what his role was on all those teams and look at how that's going to differ from how he's going to be used this year. Right. <laughs> like his role with Charlotte was always option a and option B and sometimes option C. So obviously he was tasked with scoring, scoring, scoring on those teams. Like, and he was the number one option. Never had, never had another, like, so for one, never had a, a, a pick and roll threat like Mitchell Robinson work with. True. Um, True. But then for two, didn't have someone the caliber of Julius Randle or RJ Barrett, or uh, I guess maybe you could say like Batum in his prime was kind of akin to uh, Fournier this year, but either way, I mean, never had as good, this good of a sporting cast to pass the ball to the other thing Uh. is with the, with the Celtics, you know, I I think that yes, he played with Tatum. Who's amazing. And he played with Brown. Who's amazing. But Tatum, a lot of his game is creating his own shot and stuff like that. So he's not going to come across a ton of assist pass against Tatum, so to speak. Um, And then there, you know, I guess you had, I'd be lying if I said I watched enough of his minutes with like Robert Williams to see how often he looked to him for lobs out of the pick and roll and stuff. But mm. I mean, I just think, I think in general, the Celtics kind of revolved around, around Tatum and Brown more so than Kemba, even though Kemba did his thing. Um, and he wasn't really tasked with being a distributor there. I feel like here they're going to want him distributing the ball pretty well. Um, and, and it's going to probably mean a decrease in assists for Randall. Cause I don't think Randall's going to be tasked with doing that as much. That That's my hang up. I think the, the offense is still going to be somewhat Randall centric. Jer- Jeremy, where are your thoughts on this one? So I'm in a bit of a bind because I think Kemba Walker is going to play more minutes than, than John laid out. And I think that the Knicks are going to, as I said, have a really good offense and their assist to turnover ratio and all that. I also think that because the Knicks are so, um, 
they pass the ball so frequently that a lot of times where Kemba might pass to an open guy, that player might also pass to another player. So Kemba could get a lot of hockey assists, but maybe not get to Uh. the assist point of getting to his career high. So I think ultimately I have to say it's, it is a little spicy. I think, I don't think it will be his career high. I think also he will be relied on for scoring a bit more. Um, Again, I think his numbers will certainly be up there, but, and because the fact that he'll, play more. I could see why they could get to a career high standpoint. I just think he'll still fall short because other players around him will create for everyone else to find the most optimal shot. And I don't know how many times it'll happen where Kemba is the last guy to have passed the ball to the player who then hits the shot. Um, by the way, Walker, uh, Kemba and Robert Williams last year played 357 minutes together. Um, 113.1 offensive rating, which very nice. And a 63 assist percentage for those lineups. Um, I'll, um, I'll check out how many, how many times he assisted to Rob Williams. I think those are good stats for your, for your prediction, Alex. Yeah. Not too shabby. I mean, I think, I think he'll like having a hopefully fully up to speed Mitch within about like two weeks of the season starting. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause <laughs> I think that Tibbs is going to prioritize getting Mitch in shape very quickly. <laughs> that wasn't obvious mm-hmm. the other day. <laughs> if he wants to play. <laughs> 